Barclay Henderson, introduced to me by Miss Mitzi Purdue. And you are up in New Hampshire, dying from cold weather, as are my parents. And I am here in Maryland, and I am suffering from cold weather. And I don't even really have an excuse to. But I also can't complain because I love the cold weather. But Mr. Henderson, please introduce yourself to my audience and tell them a little bit about yourself. Take it away. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. I, I was born here in the eastern Massachusetts. I haven't gone far in life. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm probably um, two blocks from where I was born. But um, but there were uh, uh, there were some traveling there in the meantime. There, I think we're up to 101, 102 countries there. I uh, my wife comes from Japan. Uh, we met over there. I uh, guess uh, I learned a number of things in college, but uh, one of them was a love of judo, uh, the Japanese uh, wrestling. And uh, there was a time in my life where where that was just just. Uh, Getting a black belt was about the most important thing I could even think of. It's kind of like ski bums. I guess some people know about uh, skiers who are just uh, crazy about uh, skiing, and they just love to make their whole lives into skiing. And that's, uh, I guess, for uh, a brief moment in my life is, uh, is uh, where I was there. So at any rate, yeah, I went over to Japan, and I, uh, I lived there for a couple of years. I uh, went to university there, learned the language pretty well, did get a black belt, uh, did marry the girl. That was <laughs> that was a long time ago now, and uh, so uh, yeah, went uh, back as I told you. We went uh, to Dartmouth uh, Business School for a couple of years, uh, graduated from there, and then uh, then I uh, started my own company there. At the Japanese uh, things were big on my mind there. Uh, judo didn't turn out to be a, a very lucrative uh, profession. Uh, so I, I, I uh, somewhat of my sister's instigation, she said, talk to this guy who wants to open up a Japanese restaurant franchise in Boston. You could just be a minority partner and uh, and uh, help him out uh, <clears throat> while you're looking for a job. And gradually I got more interested. He got less interested and then he, he just dropped out altogether. So I ended up with the uh, Boston Benihan of Tokyo uh, Japanese Steakhouse. And uh, it was just one of those things in life where it it, it was perfect there. The timing, uh, it was <laughs> things just worked very very well on the um, timing because uh, I, I would say today uh, teppanyaki uh, Japanese restaurants are are just one more steakhouse with a little twist. And uh, probably before we went into the business, the idea of Japanese. Uh, you know, wiggly fish uh, things coming out of the ocean. Nobody wanted it then, but in 19, uh, what is it, was it, uh, 70, I guess it was, this was a hot thing, and that uh, we had one of the hottest uh, restaurants in Boston, did so well, we went on and built another up in Montreal, another one out in Detroit, another one down in Philadelphia. We ended up with 10 of them, and uh, that's probably how I spent 30, 30 years of my life. Uh, I would say uh, we ended up selling them back to Benihana. It did very well and uh, went on and did somewhat the same thing with uh, with some fast food restaurants there. That we took a Wendy's franchise and that uh, I would say uh, for a period of time, uh, they, they did very well for us. And uh, we had 10 of those and uh, probably uh, eight years ago, sold them back to Wendy's and 
And uh, so now here you see me sitting uh, here talking uh, <laughs> at leisure and uh, kind of enjoying life, actually. You know, that, uh, when we sold the restaurants, it was... It was, I guess, a lot of people when they 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 retire, you know, and you you want, oh my God, what am I going to do now? There there is that, but there, there in the when you're an entrepreneur and you build your own stuff and you have have uh, debts there that I just I, I just remember for forty years in a row, every time I'd meet my banker, the banker would say, well, we know you're going to go bankrupt. We know it's we just don't know when you're going to go. And we just have to be protected, and we just want all your assets. We want everything in life you have. And uh, that, that uh, as the years go by, that that becomes a heavy burden there, especially as some of the debts get uh, get, get substantial. That uh, you don't you don't sleep so well at night, and uh, there there's uh, yeah the the day we paid off all those debts and uh, put a few dollars in the bank and uh, retired, there there was kind of happy time there. It was very much more relaxed. And I'd, I'd have to say, along the way, probably uh, there were there were. Uh, I guess in anybody's life, you go through life and you go by open doors, and you think, "Gee whiz, wouldn't it be interesting to walk through that door? Wouldn't it be what it would like be like if you were on the other side of that door?" And you're in the middle of a career, and you got debts to pay, and you you don't do it. But but some of them began to pile up, and that uh, that uh, so now well, this is a good time for this is a good time to uh, start going back and looking through some of those doors. And uh, I, uh, I I would have to say for those who worry about retirement, it, it sure ain't all bad. It's um yeah, I've always wondered. I mean, it's got to be there's got to be duality there, right? There's the moment you retire and you're no longer doing the thing, pursuing the goal that's always just over the horizon. But there's also got to be a piece to be like, oh, I got through. <laughs> it's finished, right? It's um, but to tie that back into what you're saying about judo and like black belts is, do you think in, in everything you've done, you know, talking about ski bums, all you want in life is that one thing. I mean, I think about weightlifting in high school. All I wanted to do was get to a certain muscle mass. When I went to college. All I wanted to do was get into medical school, um, learning graphic design. All I wanted to do was really start making some eye-popping designs. And now with this podcast, all I want to do is make this thing thrive and survive. And younger me, when I got into medical school, I decided not to go. But when I got accepted, I imagined it was somewhat like retirement, what that must be. Because I had no idea what to do. I was looking around and now what? They just got to go do it again. And there was also a profound sadness because I realized that I had been studying seven days a week for four years. I was at the University of Georgia with 30,000 beautiful women and I spent all my time in a little room studying. I went to one football game in four years and a lot of, I started to regret it. I did the thing. I got the trophy but at what cost? And so I went through several years of kind of doing nothing. Not long after I graduated, my older brother committed suicide. And so I kind of checked out from life for a while. But it wasn't, I can't blame it entirely on that. There was also a lot of, even if he hadn't done that and he was still here, I think I probably would have still gone down a a similar path of, of feeling lost, of substance abuse, of blaming others, of being angry. Because I really had... I truly, 
spent all of my time studying. I don't say that sarcastically or you know exaggerating. It's truly all I did. But so doing that for several years and going into abject misery and horror and then managing to crawl out of it through sobriety and weight loss and uh, just generally being a productive person again and starting this podcast, I'm now kind of going through the same arc again, but it's much different to where I think if in when I had just got into medical school, if you had told me, hey, one day you're going to pursue a podcast and that's all you're going to do, I would have said, no, 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 don't do it. You're, you're, going, you're falling down the same trap. But having now gone through the other door of not pursuing a goal, of just pursuing drinking and smoking pot and eating fast food and all the pleasures in life, I'm now reapproaching that and realizing that there are pitfalls. You got to remember to live your life. You, maybe you should study six days a week instead of seven. But man, several years of doing nothing and just you know eating McDonald's and drinking beer and being lazy and playing video games and sleeping in and being unemployed versus waking up every day and pursuing a podcast and trying to find bigger guests. I would say this one is bliss. And right when I had gotten to medical school, like I said, I felt profound sorrow. What did I do? I didn't enjoy life. Now I say, no, man, there really is no greater bliss than choosing a target and throwing yourself at it with everything you have. There's no, there truly, if you win and you get the trophy, that's fun, whatever. It truly is having that guiding principle, that one thing pulling you towards it. There is nothing more enjoyable in life than constantly improving from learning from your mistakes, fine honing it, getting more efficient, and eventually perfecting it. There is nothing truly, in my opinion, there is nothing more valuable and enjoyable in this life. So having retired, looking back at all those other doors, can you necessarily regret not going through all of them or eventually, whether it's pre-med or podcasting, I look at everything and sure, I never pursued judo or skateboarding, but I can only imagine that eventually you do find the door and then you pursue it relentlessly. So it's like, which flavor do you want? A black belt or pre-med or being a snowboarder? Eventually you find that bliss and get lost in it. What are your thoughts on that? Is there anything better? Sure, you get rid of the debts, but is there anything better than just pursuing that goal? Or am I a naive 31-year-old who doesn't know what he's talking about? <laughs> I, I I love your story. I I I I can't relate to it in one sense. There that that that, that I think I think you had talents, and I think you had. Uh, I, I think you may have had more open doors than I did. I was pre med in school, and I got uh, through about the first year of uh, organic chemistry, and it just became clear the hell that I was uh, that, that that wasn't going to work at all. And that um, from there on, I, I would say even the, the whole school experience was uh, something I just uh, was very encouraged to do, but uh, it did not leave me with a whole lot of, uh, I don't know, uh, the, the feeling of fitting in. 
And I guess when I uh, got out, I, uh, I did go to Japan, and that uh, I, I loved it. It was it was a, the uh, time of my life there. Just a whole lot of doors opened up. But but part of that was because I, I was out of school, and I uh, the school was kind of a, a smog for me there. That I uh, I, uh, <laughs> I I looked at an awful lot of guys <laughs> like like you who did go on and uh, get accepted. Uh, and uh, I, I found it discouraging, whereas in uh, judo, I, I had a little more luck with that there. We had some championships, and uh, there, were, there were some good things there about that. But that I, I would say really up until the time where I, uh, I, I got committed to the, uh, the uh, restaurant uh, business there, where we took the, uh, well, I took the franchise on myself, everything was... I, I, I didn't feel, yeah, <clears throat> there, there were open doors, but there weren't a lot of good open doors here. And the, so the restaurant business, when it started to take off, that, 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 that uh, yeah, that, that, that was a, uh, something that got, got all of my attention, got all my efforts. And uh, I, 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 I felt very successful at it. And uh, it was, it was it was different because I think up until that point I had really felt an awful lot of things and I, I didn't feel I fitted in there. There were just I, I, it was all threes and fours there that uh, I, I didn't do football in school, didn't do baseball in school. I was uh, interested in wrestling and I was interested in hunting. Well, hunting is uh, is fine, but the, <laughs> the hunting I wanted to do was was falconry. It's sort of odd ball. It doesn't fit in. Uh, the again like wrestling. Wrestling is a is a what a number of college kids do, but uh, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do judo. Nothing nothing seemed to fit, and that uh, I would say as, as uh, yeah, when I first opened up that first restaurant and you saw the crowds waiting and people lined up at the door and uh, and uh, you know begging you for a reservation, that 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 went a long way to making me feel like I fit there. That that that. Uh, that, that that really worked out quite well. Um, it's 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 a difficult profession, and uh, that uh, I went on with it for a while. But I would say now, uh, <clears throat> looking back, I would say I can try things that that I think I fit a lot better in. And uh, yeah, yeah, some of the things I do now, I think, are just very very compatible with uh, my. Uh, aspiration to fit in with uh, the uh, uh, way things are. So yeah, I, I do writing, I do, uh, I play chamber music, I play, uh, I, I hang out at the gym, I, I consider myself a, a, a full-blown uh, gym rat now, and uh, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I, would, I would say they, that, that kind of gives you a very nice balance of uh, sort of intellectual and artistic and physical, um, makes for a good balance there, and uh, yeah, having a good wife uh, that uh, makes it uh, real nice too. So, looking back at not fitting in, which I mean, it has been the story of my life. I I worked out in high school. I mean, it's that's that's all I did, and but I never played <laughs> sports because I didn't want to. So it was like this weird, like, wait, you're in the gym and you're lifting more than everyone, but you don't want to play sports. It's like, no, not at all. And it's like you're at the number one party school in the nation and you're studying organic chemistry on Friday night. 
I mean, <laughs> I mean, Georgia won the national championship last night, and I didn't know yeah. that there even was a national championship and that Georgia was playing <laughs> until the fourth quarter, and I started seeing friends post about it on, on social media. So that's like how detached I am from the norm. Um, and then whether teaching myself graphic design or starting this podcast, no, you, you never, right? It's uh, hunting. What do you want to hunt? Falconry. And it's like, wait, what? So when I'm doing this podcast, it's, you know, right when I started, people are like, you should really find a topic. You know, do you want to cover serial killers or history? Or and I was like, no, I just kind of want to talk to everyone, see where it goes. Or is it going to be scripted? Absolutely not. I'm just going to wing it 100% of the time. And that's what I do. And looking back now, actually looking back, I'm 31, but looking back at, at quote unquote, not fitting in or kind of going with the flow of everyone else. I now, maybe this is my own cognitive dissonance. I now think it was less that I didn't fit in or that I was an oddball and more that no one fits in and everyone is an oddball, but a lot of people clump together to get away from those feelings and a few people decide to follow those feelings. And so there's this, there's this deceptive illusion or a misleading image that appears as that guy's an oddball. But the reality is, is if you talk to everyone in depth, everyone probably wanted to do something different. I mean, instead of law school, I wish I moved to Texas and started, you know, raising cows and it's, but that's an oddball. I think we're all oddballs. Some of us just decide, yeah, I'm an oddball, but man, I really, really like it. And would you say there's any truth to that? Or again, am I just, am I just, no, no, you're dead on, you're dead on there. That, uh, yeah, absolutely there. That, uh, that it's, it's a mindset and it's, uh, it's how I guess you preserve your individuality. I guess it's how you preserve a self identity and, and, uh, uh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, um, that if you like, uh, I don't know, I remember I took a, uh, I was really kind of lost for a little bit after college and I took this aptitude test and they were, it was a big elaborate thing, but it really, they, what, what very much, uh, they hung their decision on was whether you were objective person for them, that meant, uh, you talk the language of common people that they, you could, you could say words that, that they, they, everybody instantly understood or God forbid you were, you were a, uh, what do you call it? A subjective person, uh, which means you sort of, sort of had, had your own vocabulary. When, when, when a, the, the test they gave you, the word association, uh, when you say the word, uh, a zebra, if you were to say, uh, you know, uh, animal with stripes, uh, African, uh, horse-like animal or, uh, even something running across the plains, Every, everybody instantly understands you. But I guess I, I just remember my answer to that question was peanut butter, and that there there was a connection, but it was a distant one, and it and it took a little uh, couple of steps along the way to get there. And I guess uh, I, I, I guess uh, that that was sort of a eye opening thing to me is is that uh, that uh, you can see the world in your own in your own terms and that uh, so when you talk about the oddballs or fitting in that I, I, I guess that, that, that uh, the, 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 uh, the professional advice they gave me was terrible. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was off the wall, but the, uh, 
but that one point was was always stayed with me there that that uh, I mean if you're going to be a salesman you don't want somebody figuring out what peanut butter has to do with zebras there you you want it to be crystal clear and and uh, for a salesman that's 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 real important there on the other hand if you're doing research you're doing laboratory work if you're doing artistic work you know maybe maybe it even helps you to be a, a have associations that uh, that uh, some of them are off the wall and. Uh, so that uh, yeah, and and uh, when I'm playing music and when I'm uh, uh, doing writing now, that, that it's I find it uh, I, I find I find that the, the variety of ideas that, that kind of come at you that aren't really connected to much of anything else. I, I find I find that that uh, very very helpful to me. And uh, so uh, now talking about fitting in, I, I would say. Uh, uh, yeah, the, the the things I do now it's just just it's it's a very good fit and uh, find it quite comfortable. It seems like <clears throat> everyone has to have a job. Everyone has to earn a living. Everyone also has their subjective judo black belt or ski bum. Yeah. It kind of feels like the oddballs just manage to find a way to marry the two kill two birds with one stone, find the black belt and also find a way to make the black belt, you know, keep the lights on. And you know, those coin sorters where it's like, uh, you dump a bunch of change. I don't know if you ever had yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, falls through the holes. Yeah. All the coins are destined to fall into some hole. You can either have a change jar and everyone fits in there. Or you can be an oddball and you just have to fit in your one spot. The dime, look at this oddball dime. It doesn't want to hang out with the quarters and nickels. It has to go hang out with all the dime. Well, every it all comes to a rest. I can either let it out of my hand and it falls on the floor. It can fall into a gallon bucket with a bunch of other paper clips and dollars. Or I can put it into the coin sorter and it comes to a stop. And it's so comfortable it's perfect it's with all the other dimes and it's in a hole that was made just for dimes if you're gonna have to come to a stop anyway you drop the coin out of your hand you know that you could say that's birth and then living life you might as well go through a little extra effort it's easier to just be dropped into a change jar right you drop it falls down doesn't take a lot of time you don't have to do everything gravity does all the work Bam, you're right there. Doesn't fit so well. You know, you got a quarter here and a nickel there and a penny under you, and you're kind of lopsided, but you didn't have to do any work, and you have the safety of the crowd um, with everybody else. You drop it in the coin sorter. Well, yeah, for a couple seconds, which relative in this analogy could be a couple years, it's making a lot of noise, you know, and it's you're bouncing all around, and everyone's like, get a load of this guy. He, you know, he's too good for the change jar. But then all of a sudden, flip, you fall right in your little thing. You can even pack it up with paper, and it's perfectly neat. And, oh, look at that, a roll of quarters. Now who's the idiot? Now who's the oddball? The one hanging out with a bunch of people he doesn't want to hang out with because it was simpler? Or because you just put in a little more time, and you found the— You know, when you go in and buy new shoes, well, I guess we kind of order them now, but back in the day, when I was a kid, back in the day, and, you know, your mom takes you to the mall and you get new shoes— I mean, sure, you could go in there and buy the first thing that was on the shelf, but you take like five extra minutes and you find which one fits your, you know, fits your feet the best. You don't get blisters and they fit snug and you can actually go play sports and run around and feel comfortable. There's like such a small amount of 
of prep work you have to do. And whether it's the coin falling and bouncing around for five seconds as opposed to just falling directly for half a second into the jar, for me it was several years in between you know, graduating in 2013 and starting the podcast in 2019. It was six years, which seems like a lifetime, but on the grand scheme of things, and, you know, God bless, I hope I live for a long time to where six years does seem like a tiny sliver. It's really not a whole lot, considering that now I get to go into my respective coin slot. What I do now, I wake up when I want, I go to the gym, I come back, I take a shower, I meditate, I do a podcast, a podcast with guests that I choose. No one tells me who I have to have on about what we want to talk about, about anything. You just let it rip. I get to upload it and I get to choose the guest I want tomorrow. And if tonight all of a sudden I'm feeling I'm a little tired, I just cancel all my podcasts tomorrow. I can just do whatever I want. It took a long time to get here, but I genuinely believe that there are not as many there are not many people on this planet who are as comfortable and satisfied with their existence than me i get to do exactly what i want there's a cool book it's about a computer from 1950 i'm going to read that book i'm going to find that author and i'm going to have that author on here and i'm going to talk about it and sometimes they even mail me a signed copy who else gets to do that so I'm kind of rambling now, which is what I do with all of these episodes, but it does kind of seem like if you just be an oddball for a little bit, the payoff is insanely disproportional. And I don't think there's even really a question in there, so I'm just going to awkwardly give it back to you. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I, well, number one, I think you're really lucky to get to, get to that position at a, at a pretty early stage on your life. It took a uh, long time, man. <laughs> long, it, I'm, I'm making light of it. The longest six years felt longer than the other 20, I can't even do math, 25 years. I mean, but, you know, what I really like about it is, is the fact that, is, is the, you know, the I guess increasingly what I find out is, is your interpersonal relationships and, and the, the, the richness of the uh, human experience. It, it's just there's no, yeah, I always say we get a little of this. I told you we do some traveling there and the, just the, the eye-opening experience of what other people in the, the world are, what, what, what's going on with them. That uh, i just not sure there's a lot of... Uh, a lot, a lot of pleasures are, I don't know, but it's not pleasures. It's a satisfaction, I guess, in life is, is that, that uh, you, you get to interrelate with, uh, with people in a, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a profound, serious, uh, and satisfying way there. That I, I uh, yeah, I, 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 think, I think you got something awful good there. That uh, absolutely, uh, not, not, uh, not everybody has that, I, I have to tell you. I, I, I have a, a thing with my, my son there. You know, I, I'm really in a business guy. I, it's just, uh, you know, return on investment is, is kind of pretty heavy uh, yeah. with my background. And my son went into, became a high school kid. And uh, I used to nudge him a little bit, not, not uh, trying to guide him, but uh, um, we used to talk about, uh, you know, his life and mine. And uh, his uh, high school doesn't pay an awful lot of money. And uh, I, I, I used to talk to him about that. And, uh, what he came back with one day is, uh, Dad, uh, how many times in your whole restaurant career did you have somebody come back up to you and say, uh, 
you know, Mr. Henderson, you really changed my life. That there were things going on, this and that, and the other thing in my life, and you did this and that and the other thing, and that, uh, and that, and that, that, that I, I've been a different person because of that, and the, the uh, that, that kind of uh, interpersonal relationship. Uh, I, I, I think that uh, kind of shut me up as far as trying to get him to become a, uh, a hotshot business guy. So I, yeah, I, I, I sense a little bit that uh, that uh, those are the areas that, that you get to delve into, and uh, I, I, I can I can just see them be very very rewarding. Yeah, it's you know aside from the whole satisfaction and joy of getting to do what you want there's also that aspect of did it help others right i mean i I try to talk about on this podcast almost every episode not really intentionally but i always mention that i lost a brother to suicide and when you delve into that i at the i know people have told me you know it helps me that you're so open about it or feeling suicidal it helps me and to me, that is such an, an invaluable side effect of this podcast is just being able to talk openly about things or people saying, I'm sure maybe I'm, who knows, maybe this is my own ego. I can only imagine that sometime in the coming days or weeks or years, someone will say, hey man, episode 662 with uh, Barclay Henderson, man, that, 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 you guys talking about being an oddball, like that kind of gave me the courage to be an oddball because things similar to that have happened before. And, you know, I don't think I've changed anyone's life, but I can only imagine something similar to, you know, Hey, you're not going to make a whole lot of money, you know, teaching in high school. How often has someone come up to you and genuinely said, you know, that changed my life. And, you know, I, I had a friend, the smartest guy I've ever met who, who went to medical school. I mean, brilliant, intimidatingly brilliant. Like you kind of, you almost want to keep your distance because you're like, can this guy read my mind? And I remember asking him, I was like, dude, I won't say his name, but I was like, dude, I was like, why, I was like, why medicine? Like you, you could, I was like, you could, you could be retired at like 25 if you just went into like investment banking and just cut through. He was like, I know. And I was like, so what is it? And he was like, because there is nothing, no amount of money can buy the experience of being a physician and helping people and knowing that you put your mind to that when you could be making your stacks of gold and living in the Bahamas or whatever. And that always stuck out to me where again, like your son, I was like, maybe that shows my own mind where I'm like, man, if I had that brain, I would just go work for Goldman Sachs. And instead he was like, no, no, no. Granted he was also a very religious guy and he believed it was his purpose and he was just interested in it. He was like, I'll never master it unlike a black belt or, you know, getting in a, there was no finish line. He was like, you'll never save a hundred percent of patients. But he was also like, there is a, a reward there that you really can't get anywhere else. And yeah, it kind of seems like there are these different, and maybe it's you and I now, we are now looking, despite just talking about how we're oddballs, we're now looking at other people and we're like, check out those, those oddballs. This guy wants to be a doctor. This guy wants to be a high school teacher. But again, their logic probably has to be somewhere along the same lines of, as ours, that they went out and pursued the thing they wanted to do. 
I mean, I could, I hope I could have that maturity one day to experience something like that. Right now, I'm still very much caught up in the, like you said, the return on investment. How many views am I getting? How many subscribers are I getting? Can I get advertisers? What other guests can I get? I can only hope that one day I'll probably find something deeper or more concrete. It's, you know, getting to do whatever I want whenever I want, which is just nonstop work. It's very fulfilling. And although I kind of make light of the six years, I mean, truly a harrowing six years of failure, self-doubt, self-hatred, suicidal ideation, just abysmal hatred for myself and existence to get to this spot. And now I love it. And now I joke about it. I'm like, I can do whatever I want, play video games after this, go and take a hot shower and get you to go do whatever. It took hell to get here. But now that I have it, the reality is, is it can only hold that appeal for so long for what, five years, 10 years until I'm finally like, yeah, sure, I get to set my own schedule, but it doesn't mean anything anymore. I don't even know where I'm going with this ramble, but you look like you have something to say. But, but, but uh, you're supposed to ask me questions, but, but let me ask you a question there. <laughs> and I mean, as you, as you do sit and talk to the people and you do kind of explore in depth uh, some of these, uh, what I'm calling a satisfying uh, uh, personal discoveries, aren't, aren't you helping some of the pennies get through this sorter there? In other words, you say that uh, you were piled up in with some of the other pennies and quarters and banging into each other, and it was uncomfortable, period. But, I mean, aren't you the, the, the sorter? Aren't you, in a way, the guy who helps some of those pennies through the penny slot and some of the quarters through this quarter slot? I mean, if, you, if, 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 if this is what you do... I I I guess the high school teacher does it too, and uh, but uh, it, it, it seems to me that it kind of goes back a little bit to what we were talking about before. How painful it is for the oddballs to fit through the uh, the spot, but that uh, but there are there are things that help there. That I uh, oh man I uh, yeah when I was a little kid I uh, I had a teacher, and that uh, I guess I was I was really on the verge of. <laughs> I had no motivation to go to school. And this uh, teacher said, well, well what, what are you motivated for? I said, well, sure as hell not uh, to studying. What do you want to do? Uh, I, I want to be a hermit. Uh, we, we, we lived out in Lincoln, out in Concord there, uh, Walden Pond. Uh, Henry Thoreau was a, a big name there. So I used to read about that stuff. And I thought, gee, that, you know, that, that, that's very suitable to my oddball outlook on the world. And that um, I, I was... Uh, yeah, what I, what I really want to do is get away from school and, and uh, live, live, live like a hermit. And, and this, this one guy, he, he just had kind of one little question that, that uh, pulled the rug from underneath me and got me back into the penny hole. And he said, um, well, I mean, do you plan on getting married? Uh, do you plan on having a wife, a family? Uh, I said, yeah. Well, you think your wife is going to be happy eating bugs and uh, bark and uh, living in a <laughs> freezing uh, hut? No, I don't think so. He says, uh, "Well, then, then are you not are you not running away from something instead of running to something? You're not really running towards becoming a, a hermit. You're running away from becoming a I don't know integrated uh, member of the, the the world you grew up in." And and that guy uh, with that one little sentence, I, I just I never you know that's got to be sixty years ago, seventy years ago. Uh, long, long ago, and and uh, 
Boy, that guy got me through the penny hole uh, in a way that I might have, I might have still been stuck in the uh, in the uh, dime hole. Well, yeah, I I I I think I think these kind of conversations are, are uh, you know just priceless as uh, far as you're trying to make sense of the world we live in. And I guess you know we do live in a pretty uh, what do you call it convoluted uh, pretty uh, what do you call it um, turbulent. Turbulent is it's just hostile there, or suspicious. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, everybody's got their own identity and not accepting anybody else's. But I think that prevents them from getting the, through the, uh, the nickel hole that they should get through. Anyway, I, I guess I'm sort of rambling myself here. But, uh, oh, it's 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 beautiful. It's you know for for a while <clears throat> after I decided I didn't want to go to medical school. That's I I literally wanted to be a hermit. I'm not even kidding. I was like, dude, I just want to go. I want to be away from everyone. I was like, I want to meditate all day, every day, and leave the world behind and go into some deeper and deeper and deeper depth. And eventually I was like, is that what you really want? Or is it is it that you want to go out and be a hermit by yourself and find that peace? Or is it, I want to get away from everyone else? And it's that's not a way to go. It's, yeah. it, you know, getting into medical school Sure, I loved it. I loved the science of it. I loved volunteering at the hospital. Certainly liked helping people. And I liked the idea of being a physician and helping people. But eventually, you know, the question arose, am I doing this out of pure love or am I terrified of failure? And if I get a white coat and be Dr. Kerrigan, I won't be a failure. Sure, I'll be a nickel in the penny hole. But man, at least I won't be, you know, change on the floor under a couch. And, you know... Some people, you know, and I'm very blessed. Some people, some people don't have that choice. They, they grow up incredibly poor and no, they don't want to be a, they don't want to be a manager somewhere, but there was no other option and they don't have the opportunity and the luxury of saying, you know, I'm not sure if managing this company or, you know, working, being a truck driver, I'm not sure if it's my passion. A lot of them, it's like, I had a single parent who was addicted to drugs and I never got a formal education and I was beaten. Yeah. I took the first job I could get. And so a lot of people stuck in these, you know, the pennies stuck in the dime holes isn't because they didn't want to go through it. It's because they were like, oh, my God, just give me a place to lay my head. And but if you can get to a point where you have the luxury to choose. You do have to question, am I doing this out of fear or am I going towards something? You know, it's like dieting during the week. I eat like broccoli and chicken and egg whites so I can lose the weight I, I gained after college. But around like Thanksgiving or something, you just keep going back into the kitchen and getting another serving. And eventually you have to ask yourself, am I hungry or do I just like the taste of this? And there's nothing wrong with around holidays stuffing your face, but that's why I don't keep any snacks at my house. That's why I keep nothing but frozen broccoli and chicken breast because I never, I never mistake myself for do I just want something to snack on? Because it's disgusting, it's flavorless, and it's an abomination to cooking. But I feel like there's probably some similarities there. Is Are you going after this because you're happy? Or are you, are you just terrified of something else? And like I said, some people are terrified and they don't have any choice. And I, and I empathize with that. But that's a, brilliant, that's a brilliant observation. Are you running from something? Or are you going towards it? And the question can probably be answered with, if you get married, what are the chances that your wife is also running from the same thing? Probably 
probably zero. And oh. yeah, it's, I don't know where I'm going with that either. I think we're just taking turns rambling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you're looking at it that way. You're looking at it. Where maybe we're helping people get through this. Maybe. Yeah. Or, or were the, or were the, the change sorters? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I worked in hospital all through high school. I worked worked in hospitals, and uh, geez, I, I, I actually I found it. Uh, what I found out really I liked most about it was it was a very unvarnished view of the world. There, that that uh, you know, the 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 this wasn't a lot of pretense. There wasn't a lot of phoniness. There was there was an authenticity about dealing with people who were coming to the end of their lives or were great pain i oh i remember we used to work in the uh the emergency ward there and uh boy some of the stories you see come through there uh, that was it was a very sobering thing and i i, I found that attractive actually there that there, there wasn't a lot of glitz there wasn't a lot of uh you know uh, window dressing <laughs> angle or anything it was it was i it was it was, it was, it was a very pleasant time in my life there i think uh, maybe if uh, organic chemistry had, had gone a little bit better uh, I, I might have enjoyed it, but um, but uh, no regrets, no regrets. Mm. That there is something satisfying about that that black and white nature of things, right? I hated I hated like English class or grammar, where it was up for interpretation. What what do you think Shakespeare meant? I think this is what he meant. That's wrong. <laughs> Well, you just asked me what I thought, so I told you what I... That's why I loved organic chemistry. That was actually my favorite class in college. Oh, my God. I know, I know. I was that guy. You, know, you must be brilliant. No, 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 no. I'm just... I'm just. Uh, I'm like you. I'm just an oddball. I loved that class, not because I liked organic chemistry or wanted to synthesize chemicals for a living. I loved the the raw truth of it. There was no opinion on what you thought the outcome should be. You didn't, you know, take the political temperature and go, you know, who wants a who wants an aldehyde and who wants a ketone? It was just <laughs> this is what you have. We're putting palladium with benzene and we're adding heat. What happens? And there is no room for interpretation. As you know, a lot of people fail out because it's like, hey, there's one there's one dime and there's a dime hole. You have to find the way in there. I loved that. And you know, Ironically enough, I'm now I'm realizing how hypocritical this is because I now do a podcast where there is no objective truth and all it is is rambling interpretation and opinions and getting going to going to be a doctor probably would have been that very black and white truth. So actually, I just tied myself into a knot because I just disproved what I was saying I loved. So I didn't even. Well, man. Yeah, well, I mean, as, you're, as you're talking, I'm just wondering how do you fit into this uh, uh, political environment? Where where everything is is interpreted, you know, your 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 mask, your your vaccination, everything is uh, is is up for politics there. My God, that's a gee, that, that's a, I yeah. I mean, I'm, I personally find it just enormously frustrating uh, to uh, uh, see the polarization. Uh, gee, uh, my best friend was a anti-vaxxer, best. Um, what do you call anti-masker and then a very, very right-wing guy. And he's now in the intensive ward and I don't know if he's going to make it out. And it's, it's just, uh, we're living in a, in a weird time there that, you know, you, I mean, there should be some black and whites there that, uh, 
we, we seem to lose them all once you get into the political world. Anyway, yeah, I guess this is uh, probably been well discussed by a lot of people. I, I would say what what this podcast has taught me is, you know, contrary to what I think most people take away from interaction to where you got to dig in your heels. This is what I believe. and This person believes it too. So we're together and that guy doesn't believe it. So he's a demon from hell. I've kind of taken away the opposite because I've talked to so many people in a candid manner instead of, and we're talking about this and then this, instead we jump around to being a hermit to, you know, sushi or Japan or lifting weights or whatever, you start to realize that a lot, not a lot, everyone has a reasoning for why they are where they are. Even myself, if I had gone, like I said, if you had told the guy that just got into medical school, hey, you're going to do it again, you're going to pursue one thing, he would have gone, no, 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 don't do it. And then a bunch of life experiences later, I go, oh, no, 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 this is the way to go. This is the way to internal peace. When I see someone with a belief con- completely differently, completely different than me, here's a better analogy. I'm butchering that. Let's look at restaurants or let's look at an even easier one, music. You see a band that is nothing that you, let's say you love jazz and then you see a death metal band and it's screaming and flames and leather and spikes and you're like, what? on God's green earth is that. But you see a concert of them and you see there's a 100,000 cheering people. And you go, well, who are those fans? Are they all Nazis? No, they're school teachers, they're college grads, they're high schoolers, maybe some guys under 18 snuck in, whatever. There's some truck drivers, there's some whatever. Oh, they just like that song. And then you look at the band you like. You look at everyone there. And then you see other people pointing at your band and going, how do they even like that? And you go, well, this is just what I like. And you like something different. When you look at every other aspect of a person that disagrees with you politically. Now, if the person you disagree with politically is a is a serial killer, rapist, thief, sure, you can maybe lump in their views with that. But if you look at someone else who is a, a law-abiding citizen, who has a family they care for and pays their taxes and they you know obey the homeowners association and they have a well-kept house and they speak with respect and they don't drive drunk and yeah that one mm-hmm. time you needed a ride they gave you a ride but they vote on the other side of the aisle well when 99 out of 100 things you go oh yeah 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 no i agree i agree yeah i respect that i respect that i like that i appreciate that but one thing you disagree with I mean, eventually the rational mind has to go, it might just be a different opinion as opposed to this person. Now, granted, if you, again, if you see someone that just so happens to agree with Hitler and you go, okay, well, you're pro-genocide, you're invading Poland. Hey, I'm not for that. You're a bad person. But if the person you disagree with likes the same sports team as you and you both go to the same parties and you love playing video games together and you both go get steak and go get drunk and act like idiots, but you just disagree politically i mean any reasonably intelligent mind has to come to the conclusion that they just have a different opinion from me they just like one color and i like a different color but we're all but you know but i respect them and they're awesome and they're perfect 
that's what my mind comes to. So to answer your question, how, how do I kind of navigate the waters of interpretation is realizing that that's all it is, is interpretation. So when someone comes on here and agrees with me politically, and yeah, we're right. And then someone comes on here and I disagree with them politically, but they're a super kind person and I loved their book and they gave me time out of their day. And, you know, they email me on Christmas, Merry Christmas, man. Thanks for having me on your podcast. But they happen to vote differently from me. You have to event you. You eventually conclude you're like, oh, listen. All the dimes don't look at the quarters and go, those guys suck. No, eventually you realize you go, that's just a different shaped coin. But we can all be used to buy bubble gum. Those are just quarters. I'm a dime. We all went through the same sorting machine. We all went through the same hectic process. And if those quarters were over here with us, they'd feel like oddballs. And if we were over there with them, we'd feel like oddballs. But no, we're all just here. No one's better than the other. And the ones that do think they are, there is no logic to that. There's no rationale to that. So the more polarized things become, I think I actually become less polarized. I realize it cannot be one, the odds that exactly half the population is correct and the other half is incorrect. And by the way, the half that's incorrect, they're all good people. They pay their taxes. They don't hurt anyone. Yeah. Hey man, you have better chances of winning the lottery 10 times in a row. So that's kind of how I live in this time of polarization is realizing that it's all just, we're all just different coins falling into different slots and a penny isn't necessarily better than a dime or vice versa. We just fit in differently. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. No, I think it does. It does. It, um, you know, we uh, live here in Harvard Square in Cambridge. They call it the People's Republic of Cambridge. Yeah. And I come at it from a kind of business. Uh, yeah, restaurateurs on the whole are really, really way out of the <laughs> far other side. But what, what do you find out? These are really bright guys that that, that, were our, that uh, are not thinking identically with us. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you just have to accept a certain amount of... Uh, that's the way it is. Yeah. 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 When you meet a Harvard grad who's designing stealth planes for Boeing, but he happens to vote differently from you, you don't go, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> you, don't, <laughs> you don't have the, you know, you have to have some real guts and some uh, arrogant views to go, that genius guy that cured cancer at 20, he's a real idiot. Uh-huh. Really? Am, am I going to tell Tom Brady how to play football? Yeah. <laughs> so you have to exercise some humility. And once you do that, yeah. all the yeah. all the the polarization you see kind of fades away. And you go, Oh, we're all we're all just playing the game and to keep your mind open. And with that, Mr. Henderson, let's wrap this episode up. Sounds good to me. I've enjoyed it enormously a lot. Uh, look forward to seeing you in future for I would, I would love to have you on again sometime. I'll email you when this episode is up. Mr. Barclay Anderson, thank you so much for coming on here. And uh, stay safe. And everyone that isn't sure where they fit in, just go through the change sorter. It's loud and it's rumbling and it's scary, but you will feel so much more comfortable if you do. Thank Sounds you so good much. to me. Thank you so much. God bless everyone. Stay safe out there. Love each other. Take care. Recording stopped. Thank you so much, sir.